0: All right. I know you ate breakfast, so we can do a little better than that. Happy Sabbath, everyone. It's good to see you here this afternoon, and I pray and hope that the worship experience has been a blessing to you as it has been a blessing to me. I want to thank God for your pastor, my friend, my brother, my colleague in ministry. And pastor, no, you will not be getting a raise in spite of all the nice things you've said, but we thank God for you and the ministry. God continues to affect through you and through the leaders and members of this church. As always, we are excited when you come to worship with us and if you're worshiping in the building or online, welcome, welcome, welcome. And We pray that your lives will be transformed by the presence of God. The Psalmist says that in his presence, there is fullness of joy and at his right hand, pleasures forevermore. Let's share the pleasures. Turn to your neighbor, turn to your neighbor. Don't look at me, turn to your neighbor. Go ahead, turn to your neighbor. And just show them all your teeth. Go ahead. Just show them all your teeth. Amen. Amen. Whether you paid for it or not, it's yours. All right? So you can show them. Amen. 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 I still see some people refusing to smile. Folk, if you paid for it, that's all right. You can still smile. You can still smile. Let's direct your attention to God's Word. Stand with me, none of God's Word. Leviticus 24 verses 1 to 4 Leviticus 24 verses 1 to 4 I'm reading from the new King James version you can follow along in whatever version you have Leviticus the 24th chapter starting at verse 1 as you are looking for that and as you look to the screen This year, your focus is on reaching, which means that you're doing your best to commit to loving God, loving others, and making disciples. And today, we want to focus on how you can commit to committing yourself to God and loving God specifically. And we do so by examining the Word of God through the lenses of Leviticus 24, verses 1 to 4. Listen to the Word of God. The Bible says this, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command the children of Israel that they bring to you pure oil of pressed olives for the light to make the lamps burn continually outside the veil of the testimony in the tabernacle of meeting. Aaron shall be in charge of it from evening until morning before the Lord continually it shall be a statute forever in your generations he shall be in charge of the lamps of the pure gold lampstand before the Lord continually I want to speak to you briefly on the issue keep the fire burning pray with me father bless the readers and reading the listeners and listening of your holy word speak clearly speak audibly and fulfill your promise that your word will not return void may we not only accept but apply your truth by making them relevant in our daily lives thank you and bless us now as we say thanks in jesus name let everybody say you may be seated Came in earlier, your pastor handed me one of these reach cards, and I like it. My 2024 reach challenge to commit to loving God, commit to loving others, commit to making disciples. And there's some very clear action steps that are outlined there. And I want to follow this vein by letting you know that our objective today is to, through scripture, demonstrate how you can become more committed to God and loving Him and making that real in your daily life. The story is told of a man who lived beside a church and the pastor, being a good minister and missionary, did all he could to get this man to come to church. He would often visit him and invite him to come and visit his church and to come and join in worship and in fellowship. But no matter how the pastor invited, this man would always refuse this man would always neglect the opportunity to worship in the church and so the pastor still persisted but the man would not comply eventually one day beloved an unfortunate situation occurred where lightning struck the church building and the church caught on fire when the church caught in fire they called the pastor They called the deacons, they called everybody, and of course they called the emergency services and they came and they were trying their best to put out the fire. And while that captured the attention of everyone else, something caught the attention of the pastor and it was the man who lived beside the church who was standing on the church premises now with a big grin on his face as he saw this conflagration, as he saw the building on fire, as he saw the building going up in flames. Of course the pastor was a little disturbed so he walked over to him and inquired and he said to him, I don't understand you. All these years I've been encouraging you to come and worship with us, come and join us in fellowship. Come into the building. You would not even step foot on the premises. And now the church is on fire, and I see you standing here with a big grin on your face. Now the church is burning. Now the church is on fire. Why would you be standing here with that grin to which the man responded, "Pastor, All these years, I've been living beside your church, and this is the first time I've ever seen your church on fire. Now, some of you missed it, and you'll eventually get it, but this is the first time I'm seeing your church so hot, the first time I'm seeing your church making a difference in the community. Now, my friends, let me ask you, let me ask you, God forbid lightning strikes this building, it goes up in flame, would your community miss you? Would they be saying this is the first time they've ever seen your church on fire? Would they be saying that it's the first time your church is ablaze? Well, I want to remind you today, my friends, the Church of God is not a social club. The Church of God is not an elitist club. The Church of God has been placed here to make a difference in this community. I thought I'd gotten a big an amen. So let me say it for you. Amen. <laughs> That's why the church is here The church is here my friends to make a difference And the question is this Is your church on fire And if not how can your church Be on fire for God today How can your church make a difference Where it's planted Well I want to tell you how you can do that By doing so through the word of God Specifically Leviticus 24 Verse 1 onward Where the Bible says this Listen to the word of God The Bible says this in Leviticus 24 Verses 1 onward. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, command the children of Israel that they bring to you pure oil of pressed olives for the light to make the lamps burn continually outside the veil of the testimony in the tabernacle of meeting Aaron shall be in charge of it from evening until morning before the Lord continually it shall be a statute forever in your generation He shall be in charge of the lamps and the pure gold lampstand before the Lord continually. These verses, my friends, relate to us. Uh, Issues pertaining to the earthly sanctuary that God had commissioned Moses to build and which became the centerpiece of the Israelites' life. You see, my friends, in Exodus 25, verse 8, God said to them, let them make me a sanctuary, that is to Moses, that I may dwell among them. God wanted to be uh, with his people. And history tells us, the word of God rather tells us, that the sanctuary was literally made or placed in the midst of the camp and all the tents and the tribes were around it. God wanted to dwell with them. God wanted to be with them. And I'm suggesting to you today that through the sanctuary and specifically the issues related in these verses, you can learn how you can be on fire for God as individuals And as a church. So walk with me carefully and follow me intently. This sanctuary service issue, my friends, is also important to us as Seventh-day Adventists. The truth is, the Seventh-day Adventist church came into existence because our pioneers studied the word of God pertaining to the sanctuary and determined that this was very important. I don't know if you know this, but no other denomination teaches issues pertaining to the sanctuary like we do. This doctrine is unique to us as a church. And you want to know more about it? Well, let me tell you about it. This doctrine is so important because our pioneers studied the book of Daniel, Daniel 8 verse 14, where the Bible says, On to 2,300 days, then shall the sanctuary be cleansed. They interpreted that to mean that the cleansing of the sanctuary would be the return of Jesus to clean the earth by fire. But my question to you is this, were they correct? Because not only that, in 1844 they said Jesus would come on October twenty-two. Did Jesus come on October 22, 1844? No, he did not. Matthew chapter 24, verse 36 says, Of the day and of the hour knoweth no man, not even the angels in heaven. Which reminds us of something very important, my friends. If you don't know when Jesus is coming, and I don't know when Jesus is coming, we must be ready because he can come when we least expect him. And so we must be ready. But they thought that when the Bible says in Daniel 8 14, on to 2,300 days, then the sanctuary will be cleansed, that that meant Jesus was coming again. Well, they had what we call the great disappointment because Jesus did not show up. But you see, these people did not give up. They kept studying and studying the Word of God, and they came to the realization that Jesus wasn't coming to earth. On the contrary, there is a real sanctuary in heaven. And Jesus was moving from one phase of his ministry to the next phase of his ministry. He was moving from the holy place to the most holy place. And what would he be doing in the most holy place? Hebrew tells us that we have a high priest in heaven who is interceding in our behalf. Let me tell you something today, my friends. It's good to have your mother pray for you. It's good to have your father pray for you. It's good to have your friends pray for you. But it's better when Jesus is interceding for you. Jesus, my friends, is in heaven right now, and he's interceding. And you know what he's doing? He's using his atonement to make your life and my life right. And so, by the way, they realize Jesus didn't come. He moved from one face to the next. And the beauty about Jesus' intercession is this. The Bible says he is touched with the feeling of infirmities. Oh, my friend, anything you've been through, Jesus knows about it. And he's able to provide what you need, especially in time of trouble. That's why the psalmist makes it clear that God is a refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. You ought to celebrate the fact today that the God you serve understands what you're going through and he can make it right in his time. The Bible says, therefore, that the sanctuary is important. And so our pioneers studied it and they studied it and they understood more about what was going on. So let me tell you about the sanctuary. The sanctuary was comprised of three main areas. Firstly, you had the outer court. Then you had the holy place. Then you had the most holy place. In the outer court, the first thing you would see when you entered the gates was an altar of sacrifice where every morning and every evening the high priest would offer sacrifice on behalf of the people of God. You move beyond that, And then you would see a basin, a bronze basin where the priest would have to wash himself because you could bring no defilement into the sanctuary. And then you move from the basin and you would enter the holy place. In the holy place, beloved, there were three articles of furniture. You had the table of showbread on the north side. You had the candlesticks, the golden candlesticks on the south side. And right before you entered the most holy place, there was an altar of incense. You entered the most holy place and there was one primary article of furniture and that is the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark beloved was made in such a way that it was overlaid with pure gold and in it were the Ten Commandments and on top was the mercy seat, one solid block of gold and on top were angels, two cherubims that touched their wings at the top and touch your wings at the bottom and they were looking down now we say that this is the gospel enfolded and let me show you why it's the gospel enfolded my friend you see beloved the truth of the matter is this the reason the angels were looking down is because they were amazed at the mercy and grace of Jesus Christ in the ark were the ten commandments that were broken and can I tell you something You break God's law. I break God's law. We all break God's law. And if it were not for His grace and mercy, we would be dead. And so I say today, thank God for His grace and mercy. Oh, beloved, aren't you grateful for grace? It's grace that woke you up this morning. It's grace that took you here safely. It's grace that's causing you to hear me right now and to breathe. I thank God for the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. The law represents that we have broken it. But God gave us his grace. By the way, in Exodus 25, the first piece of furniture that was made, even before a curtain was sewn, was the Ark of the Covenant and the mercy seat. And you know it's amazing because God gave the law, but He also gave us mercy. Because He knows what we need. And so, beloved, the the sanctuary is a gospel enfolded. But today, but today. I want to tell you how you can remain committed to God by focusing on one particular furniture in the sanctuary. And that is the golden candlesticks. The golden candlesticks, I want to tell you about it, and I have to tell you about the candlesticks through the lenses of three passages of scripture. Found in the Old Testament in the book of Moses, specifically in Leviticus, found in Zechariah chapter 4, and found in Revelation chapter 1. Now the question is this, my friends, what do the golden candlesticks represent? John answers that for us in Revelation 1 verse 20. Listen what he says, listen to what he says, Revelation 1 verse 20. The Bible says this, listen carefully. The mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands. Here they are, the golden lampstands. We read it in Leviticus, here it is in Revelation. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches And the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches. So the golden lampstand represents the church of God. Can I say that again? The golden lampstand represents what? The church of God. And you know what's beautiful about this, my friends? The lampstand which John saw, he saw it in heaven. Which represents the church that ultimately will be redeemed. But my question to you is this. In heaven, is there any gold that's tainted with impurity? In heaven, is there any imperfection? No. Which therefore begs the question. If the gold in heaven is perfect and it represents the church. What about the gold on earth that represents the church? Is God's church perfect? Hello somebody. Why are you all reluctant to answer me? Is God's church perfect? You know why God's church is not perfect? Because you are in it. (laughs) And I'm in it. The truth is this. There is none righteous. No, not one. Which is why I say to people, hear me, hear me, hear me. It is not your responsibility, not my responsibility to make God's church right. God can and will make his church right in his time. Oh my friends, the church is still militant And it won't always be perfect When Jesus had his church on earth He chose 12 members And Jesus had to say to them I've chosen 12 of you And one of you is a devil yes. no, no. my question is this I wonder what the ratio of devil to members is today <laughs> <laughs> My friends, the church won't be perfect But get this The God of the church is the perfect God. That's why I tell people, don't come to church to watch pastor. Don't come to church to watch members. Don't come to church to watch nobody. When you come to church, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth and all the impurities of the church will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. When you come here, you come to see Jesus because the God of the church is a perfect God. But then the next important thing is this, the next important thing is this, the candlesticks according to Revelation give light. My question to you is this, what is the purpose of the church? Matthew chapter 5 verse 14 says, you are the light of the church. Is that what it says? You are the light of the what? The world. world. Folk, I don't know if you know this, but the world is going to hell in a handbasket. And if you and I don't make a difference, many more are going to go to a Christless grave. God did not call us here to come warm pews in church and to look good on Sabbath. Because the reality is, ministry doesn't happen here really. It happens out there where your light is supposed to shine for Jesus Christ. We are the light of the world. And I often say this, have you ever seen dark light? No, better yet, have you ever tasted fresh salt? (laughs) No, if it's salt, it's salt. If it's not salt, it's not salt. If it's light, it's light. And the beauty about light is whenever light shows up, darkness has to go. Whenever light shows up, things are different. My friends, we can make a difference because we are the light of the world. Somebody ought to say amen. So the question is this, therefore, how are you going to make a difference? How am I going to make a difference? God calls us to make a difference. The golden candlesticks teaches us some very important truths. Leviticus 24 says this. Look at this. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, command the children of Israel that they bring to you pure oil of pressed olives for the light. So Moses should tell the children, for the light to burn, we need pure oil. To make the lamps burn continually. In other words, the light was never supposed to go out. The lights in the sanctuary were always burning. Outside the veil of the testimony, that is, in the, mo- in the holy place, in the tabernacle of meetings, Aaron shall be in charge of it from evening until morning before the Lord continually. It shall be a statue forever in your generation. What the Bible is describing here as the work of the high priest. Aaron was the high priest and every morning every evening he had to make sure there was sufficient oil in the lamp so that they would burn continually now we just said that according to Revelation 1 verse 20 we are the candlesticks and the question is this is Aaron alive and do we need an earthly sanctuary no Aaron is dead we don't have an earthly sanctuary so Who is our high priest? Jesus is our high priest. The next question is, how does he light our life? Exodus 30 gives us an idea. In Exodus 30 verse 7, listen to this. Aaron shall burn on its sweet incense every morning. This is the altar of incense. Aaron was supposed to do that. When he tends the lamps, he shall burn incense on it. And when Aaron lights the lamps at twilight. So notice... When he tends the lamp in the morning and at twilight when he tends the lamp. Let me tell you something, my friends. If Jesus is your high priest, he can only light your light if you are spending quality time with him. Now, you all thought I was going to give you something novel. No, it's simple. You have to spend time with God. So how do you spend time with God because if you're gonna make a difference in this community if you're gonna be committed to God how do you spend time with him let me tell you how you do it you spend time with God through prayer and the study of God's Word prayer and the study of God's Word the truth is my friends if we should take a poll of how many of you have been spending quality time with God Praying every morning and reading God's word. You'll be surprised to know that many of you treat God in a very indifferent way. You don't pray or you don't spend time with God. And let me show you how we treat God. Let me show you how we treat God. How many of you here drove to church today? How many of you drove to church? Let me just see a show of hands. All right. Wonderful. How many of you, how many of you have a spear tire in your car? You have a spear tire. Only these two gentlemen and that one and... Why is your little, why is your little, you know, all right, so you know that mommy has a spirit tire. Now, the next question is this How many of you know the condition of your spirit tire? Now, speaking the truth, folk, you're in church. <laughs> the truth is this many of us don't know, but here's the next question When do you think about your spirit tire? <laughs> and that's exactly how we treat God where prayer is concerned. You treat God like a spirit. Only when you have a flat. When your health is flat. When your money is flat. When your relationship is flat. Then you remember God. And you know the good thing about God? Before you call, he will answer. You must glad and be grateful today that he's not like me. Because if you only needed me, if you only called me when you need me, I would not be there. But I say thank God for the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. Stop treating God that way. What about the study of God's word? What about the study of God's word? The Bible says your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The Bible says wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way, but by taking heed to your word. The Bible says the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Ah, piercing asunder. The Bible says that the word of God can make you wise unto salvation. But how many of us are spending quality time with the word of God? Let me tell you this. The Word of God is not cake for special occasion. It's bread for daily use. (laughs) You can't say you're a child of God but neglect to spend time with God in the study of His Word. You can, my friend. And you know, it is so bad in this day and this age, my friends, that members are so biblically illiterate. You see, biblical literacy means you know the Word and you apply the Word. But how many of us spend time with God? So here's what I want to do. I like this reach card. The first commitment part says, commitment to loving God. I love this. I didn't even know you had this. It says, I commit to growing closer to God through daily prayer, personal devotion time, including Bible study. And I like that because personal devotion time is not looking for a meme on social media that gives you inspiration. No. Including Bible study, Daily commitment time, daily time commitment, hours and minutes. My friend, seriously, do this. I want to challenge you this upcoming week with your family. Don't leave your house before you spend time together with prayer. Don't leave your house before you study God's word because the psalmist makes it clear that you may go out and come back in, but the only reason that happens is because God's grace covers your life. So before you go out, ask God for mercies. And when you come back in, say thank you Jesus for bringing us back in. Because God wants you to spend quality time with him. How are you going to make a difference? Let the high priest light your life every morning and every evening. Let the church say amen. Amen. But then not only that, not only that, the second candlestick I want to look at teaches something very important in line with what is taught in Leviticus 24. and Revelation chapter 1 verse 12 tells us about this because you see, a church is not the building, it's you the members. And individual members need to make a difference by making sure the high priest is light in your life. Pastor Rose can't do it for you. The elders can't do it for you. You have to be deliberate about spending time with God. And when you spend time with God individually, it will make a difference when we come together corporately. What are you talking about, preacher? Look at this. Revelation 1 verse 12. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. Here's a candle, sticks again, seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one light. The son of man clothed with garment down to his feet and girded about the chest with a golden band. Who is the son of man? The son of man is Jesus. What are the golden candlesticks? The golden candlesticks are the church or it's the church. And the question is this, the question is this. What is the relation of Jesus to the candlesticks? The Bible says he was in the midst. Where was he? In the midst. Let me tell you this, beloved, when you come together as a church, the only way you're going to make a difference is when you put Jesus in his proper place in the church. We come to church, and instead of putting Jesus in the midst, we put people we come to church and instead of putting Jesus in the midst, we put politics, we put power, we put personalities, we even put praise and worship, we put board meeting, we put members meeting, we put all these things. Let me tell you this, my friends, the church of God is a place where Jesus must be sent and central. And until Jesus occupies his proper place, you won't make a difference. There are churches that have been split because people couldn't agree about the color of the paint on the wall. Let me tell you something. (laughs) Find something better to do with your time. Amen? Put Jesus in his proper place. Make sure your worship service is centered around Jesus. The Bible says, I, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Let's show your board meetings and all your meetings and everything you do centers around pleasing God. Because if he is where he's supposed to be, you will make the difference you need to make. How are you gonna make a difference? Let the high priest light your life every morning and every evening. I'm challenging you. Spend quality time with God. Stop treating God like your spare tire. Pray and study the Word. And I want to challenge you. You see, my friends, don't just read it cursory. Commit the Word of God to your heart and mind. And you will be surprised to know how for every life's challenge, the Word will give you what you need. Put Jesus at the center of your life and the church, which means that everything you do, consult Jesus Christ. Make sure you're abiding in his will. But then finally, finally, yes, we must study the word and we must pray. Yes, we must put him at the center. But how really will he light our lives? Zechariah 4 answers that for us. In the book of Zechariah, the Bible says this. Zechariah says this in the Old Testament. The Bible makes something very clear. Zechariah 4, verse 1 onward. Listen to this. Now the angel who talked with me came back and wakened me as a man who was wakened out of his sleep. And he said to me, what do you see? So I said, I am looking and there is a lampstand. Here it is again, the golden lampstand of solid gold with a bowl on top of it. And on the stand, seven lamps with seven pipes to the seven lamps. Two olive trees. Moses was told that they should bring oil from olive trees. Here in Zechariah, he sees an olive tree on either side, one on the right hand of the bowl and the other on the left. So I answered and spoke with the angel who talked with me, saying, What are these, my Lord? Then the angel who talked with me answered and said, Do you not know what these are? And he said, No, my Lord. So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Zerubbabel and Joshua were rebuilding the temple, and they faced numerous challenges, and they were ready to give up. Sometimes you're building your life, you're building your church and you face challenges and you're ready to give up. But God has a word for you. And God gave a word through the candlestick to uh, the prophet Zechariah to give to Zerubbabel and made it clear, made it clear that it's not by might nor by power, but it's by the Holy Spirit. Now part of the problem I have with the Seventh-day Adventist church is that we have absconded on our responsibility and duty to preach about the third person of the Godhead to the extent that we have all sorts of false doctrines outside and within. But I want to affirm today that the Spirit is God and that the Spirit is a member of the Trinity who is the very God himself and when you're filled with the spirit, it will be evident, not by your ability to speak in tongues and declare a shalom, shamba, honda, or anything like that. Is that how the spirit works? No. By the way, I got to tell you this. I got to tell you this. I got to tell you this. I heard a story once about a, a, a pastor who, in a particular church, he uh, told the people, get in the spirit. And everybody got in the spirit, including his wife. And when his wife got in the spirit, she fell on the ground and she was in a convulsion and another church brother caught the spirit. And he fell right on top of the pastor's wife. <laughs> in the spirit. The pastor ran off the podium, ran down there, grabbed him, slapped him a couple of times and said, wrong spirit, my brother, wrong spirit. Because the truth is, does God's spirit work that way? No. No. But let me show you what happens when you're filled with the Spirit. Let me show you what happens when you're filled with the Spirit. Galatians. Galatians chapter 5. Listen to this. Galatians chapter 5. I'm not going to even quote it. I'm going to read it for you. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 says this. You know what? Let's start at verse 19. The Bible says, Now the works of the flesh are evident. Which are these? Adultery. Fornication uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry sorcery, hatred, contention jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition dissension, heresy, envy murder, drunkenness, revelry and the like, of which I tell you beforehand just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God let me remind you today, if you're a child of God, you must live like a child of God there are ways and behaviors and things we don't do, which was just described. But listen to this now. But the fruit of the spirit—hey, it's love, <laughs> joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. When you are filled with the Spirit of God, it will be evident in your character your Christian character will be filled with love. Do you love each other? Do you love each other? Are you demonstrating the love of God? And don't tell me that love is a feeling you feel when you feel you're gonna get a feeling you never felt before. Folk, that is not love. That might be your first experience with diarrhea. That ain't love at all. (laughs) But when you're filled with love, you will know that god calls you to love even your enemy he calls you to do good to those who despitefully use you what about this one the bible says joy can i remind you about something christianity does not kill joy is what i mean and none of you say amen merciful (laughs) Hey, when you have jesus you're going to be joyful Too many Christians walk around and even come to church and pretend as if church is a dead place. I want to remind you, when you have joy, you're going to be joyful in Jesus Christ. The Bible says peace, long-suffering, and the list goes on. In other words, when you are filled with the Spirit, you will have the fruit of the Spirit. Let me finish by telling you this. Let me finish by telling you this. The Bible also talks about the fact In Ephesians 4, 1 Corinthians 12, and in Romans chapter 12, that we have the gift of the Spirit. And the question is this, when you're filled with the Spirit, which comes first, the fruit or the gift? The fruit. The fruit comes first, because get this, if you can sing like an angel, and you don't have the fruit of the Spirit, you don't have the gift, you have a talent. Because the devil is the best singer there is. You can't sing like him, but is he a saint? Under no circumstance. In other words, my friend, before God can use you, he wants to fill you. Before God can use you, he wants the Holy Spirit to take full control of your life. How are you gonna make a difference? And how are you going to be committed to God? Spend time with God every day. And I'm challenging this coming week. Try it, my friends. Don't just run off to work. Who you think gave you the job? It's God. You didn't give it to yourself. Your children are spending time on video games and social media more than they read the Word of God. Bring your family together. Study the Word. Pray together so that the covering of god is over your life before you go out when you come in don't just run to your bed don't just go watch shorts on youtube and all these things spend time with prayer and the study of god's word number two put him at the center of your life and your church make sure everything you do revolves around his will for your life and then finally that the Holy Spirit takes full control of your life when you do that you will make a difference and you'll be committed no I never take it for granted that those who are listening to me have made a commitment to Jesus Christ and so I want to make two appeals the first is to the Church of God to all of us that are here both in the building and online if you plan by God's grace to commit yourself to the study of God's word and prayer, to making Jesus center and central, and to ask in the Holy Spirit to daily fill you now, won't you just raise your hand? If that's your desire, that's your desire. Amen. Betty, stand with me, stand with me, stand with me. But then finally, 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 you're here today. I don't know why you came here, why God led you here but maybe you once walked with Jesus and you've turned from Him or maybe you've never given your life to Jesus and you want us to study with you we have an active Bible study class here every Saturday morning and all the times you want to study God's Word so you can learn more about His will for your life so that ultimately you can commit yourself in baptism not yet baptized or you once were but you've turned away from Jesus we just want to pray for you just raise that hand just raise that hand just raise the hand, my friend. Just raise a hand. Don't ignore prayer today. God loves you so much that He wants you to commit yourself to Him, not yet baptized, or you need to recommit yourself to Jesus. If you're hearing you that one, God bless you. I see that hand. I see that hand. Is there one more? Is there one more? When you're done, when we're done, that's you, and you really want this to be done. Please start to talk to Pastor Rose and to our elder, who will work with you so that you will commit everything to Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for your word and for the reality that your desire is to dwell with us and to make a difference in our lives so we can make a difference in the world. Bless your people today, we ask. And our desire, O oh God, is that your word are uh, the written word and Jesus the living word Will become center and central to our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. So fill us now, we ask, as we say thanks. In Jesus' name, let everybody say,
1: Amen. 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 You can remain standing. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor March, for that beautiful word. Just reminding us that we need to spend that daily time with our Savior, right? We've been speaking about that love of God, and this is what we can do. We can give it back by giving our lives back to Him. So we're just going to stand, and we're going to sing the Reckless Love. Reckless Love. spoke a word. You were were singing over me. You have been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, Still your love father for me You have been so, so good to me When I felt no worth You paid it all for me You have been so, so good So There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear it up, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't Love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fight still found 99. I could earn it, I don't deserve
0: the presence of God today I experience the presence of God today in prayer father we leave this place but never your presence rest remain and abide with us use us for your glory we pray in Jesus name Amen God bless you as you go you are you're welcome to join our team here in the afterglow even if you're tone-deaf you can still join them and sing. God bless you
1: as you go This podcast was brought to you by Plantation's 7 Day Adventist Church A Christ-centered congregation Dedicated to spreading the good news of God's love Through sermons, deeper dive conversations And much more If you would like to listen to more life lessons And inspirational content Please visit us at PlantationSDA.TV